morning. Who's pumped to be here this morning? All right, so thankful for each and every one of you. So glad that you're here today in a celebration of our two-year anniversary. We asked you guys to bring two towels, and so for all of you that uh, partnered with us and brought those two towels, thank you so much. I say this all the time. I'll say it again this morning. It's amazing how little effort it takes on our part to be such a huge blessing in someone else's life. And so I, from what I've been able to see, I think we're going to be able to take hundreds of towels down to Springs Rescue Mission, either tomorrow or Tuesday, and just a way for us to extend hope to people who whose lives are on the fringes, and we couldn't have done that without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for partnering with us in that. Well, guys, today is a milestone for us here at Trace. Today we are celebrating two years of being a church. It blows my mind. Yeah, you can clap. And even though there are a lot of incredible churches in this community, because there are, when we sit out and kind of sat, sat down and thought through, it's like, hey, what kind of church do we want to be? We decided that we didn't want to be like every other church, that we really wanted to be a church that would reach people far from God, a church that was going to welcome people just where they're at, no strings attached, a place where people truly could come here and belong well before they ever believed. We wanted to create a culture here that was going to allow people to have a place and a space that ultimately would lead them to hope. And his name is Jesus. And so with that in mind, we sat down and we started to have literally hundreds of conversations. Like, how do we make that happen? Well, how do we make people feel that when they walk through those doors? And so we began to put some things in motion. And what we decided to do is that we, we weren't going to avoid the hard subjects. We were going to tackle them. And we thought that maybe one of the best ways that we could lead these efforts was with a spirit of transparency. Because we didn't want to create a space here where people felt like they needed to pretend, and so that needed to start with us. It needed to start with the leaders that were in place. We needed to lead with transparency. And so many of you, if you've been coming for any amount of time, know that I've been up here several times and I've talked to you about the, the messiness of my past and how I had some issues with alcohol. A couple DUIs ended up in jail. And then one of our pastors here, Corey, if you're new here, uh, his wife got up and she shared about the struggles of mental illness and how much pain there is in that struggle. We've had many of you get up and talk about, not just here, but in your neighboring groups, you talked about your Me Too story. We did a whole series on this where it was called Hashtag Me Too, and we gave you the opportunity to get up and share your Me Too story about abuse or molestation. We've had people expose their secret addictions and private struggles. We've had people tell their stories of deep pain and regret. But every time and with every story, we kept bringing people back to Jesus. Because in him and through him, our pain can find purpose. Our mistakes actually can become a personal ministry. That's my story. From him and only him, our failures don't have to be final, folks. Through him, our weaknesses don't have to lead to weariness. And in the last two years, it's been Jesus and only Jesus that has allowed this passage to come true here at Trace. Now to him, everybody say this with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Now to him, now to Jesus who's able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than what we could ever ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. And so I just want to celebrate some things that have happened. I hope you're, you'll allow me to do that this morning because this is all about him. Now to him, now to Jesus. Friends, in nine months' time as a church, we, will, we were able to move into this 24-7 space. That is unheard of as a church plant. 
And when we got here, we didn't have that much money, so we knew we were going to have to put the work in. And so we started renovations, many of you helping, helping us do this to accomplish this. And if you've been around from the very beginning, we've been able to do so much work here. It's been absolutely incredible. Without spending uh, money, we really didn't have to spend. And then God decided to show off a little bit more. And one day I get a phone call that the owners of this building were going to give us 4,500 extra square feet. Yeah, they're just going to give it to us. That stuff doesn't happen. And that's now what we have unveiled today is our new children's space. That's why I'm wearing the Trace Kids shirt, because we got to unveil this incredibly uh, awesome new space for our kids. Many of you invested personally into that, and I can't say thank you enough. And here's the kicker. We've done all of this, listen to me, without borrowing a dime. Can we give it up now to Jesus for all that he's accomplished in the last two years? Now, I typically wouldn't do this, but I do want to take a moment, and in case there's anybody watching online today from these churches, I want to celebrate a a few churches that have allowed this to become a reality. And so here's a handful of churches that have given us $10,000 or more to get to where we're at today. Southland Christian Church back in Lexington, Kentucky, Flatirons up in Denver, Academy Christian here in the Springs, and Pikes Peak here in the Springs. And here's a handful of more that have given us anywhere between $75,000 and $150,000. Central Christian Church down in Arizona, Sunnyside Christian Church here in the Springs, Southeast Christian Church back in Louisville, Kentucky, and the Hills Church down in Texas with a grand total of $510,000, folks. Can we give it up now to Jesus? But all of this is not even the best part because the best part of what's happened here in the last two years are all the lives that have been changed because of Jesus. All the lives that have been transformed because of people moving in his direction. In the last two years, we have baptized 70 people in this church. Yes, you can keep giving it up. It's okay, I promise. And a saying that we say around here all the time, and whether we're two years old or whether we're 20 years old, you're going to hear us say this. Every life changed for Jesus, every single one of them, is worth celebrating. But Trace has also become a place where many people who were ready to give up on the church, who were ready to give up on God, have found hope once again. That's been many of your stories because I've talked to many of you who for whatever reason, and I've said this before, you decided to give up on the church, and not every time, but sometimes people have given up on the church for good reasons because of what they've experienced. And this place, for whatever reason, and I promise you, we're never going to be a perfect church, and I'm not insinuating that at all. As long as I'm your leader, it can't be a perfect church. But this place has become a place of hope, a place where many of you have given God another shot, a place where many of you have given the church another shot. And I truly believe this statement. I believe the hope, or the church, the local church, is the hope of the world, but only when it represents the love of Jesus. So if you'll allow me to, I want to brag on you guys for a moment, because I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for helping us create a culture of hope here at Trace. Thank you for embracing this pursuit of becoming a messy church, a church that will always extend grace no matter how messy your life is. But at the same breath, in the same breath, we we will always encourage people to move in the direction of truth. If you're new here at Trace, that's where we get our name. We took the name truth in the name, or the word, the word truth and the word grace, and we put them together to get the name Trace. We didn't want to do grace and truth because growth just doesn't make for a good t-shirt, right? So, And we got this, we took this 
from Jesus himself. And it's something that John writes in his gospel, chapter 1. Here's how he says it. He says, The word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full, everybody say full, full of grace and truth. Friends, that will always be our pursuit here. The fullness of both grace and truth. And I've watched way too many churches, and I'm not here to bash churches. This is just the reality. Way too many churches that have pursued truth at the expense of grace or have pursued grace at the expense of truth. Instead, we're supposed to pursue the fullness of both of them. And here's what we've learned in the last two years of being a church. When you try to pursue the fullness of both of those, it gets messy. It gets messy, but instead of trying to avoid the messiness of people's lives, we've we've instead decided to invite it. My life is messy. In the last two years, I've learned a lot of being the leader of this church. I've learned about my own insecurities, many that I didn't know I had. I've learned that I've got some really deep trust issues that go pretty deep, and I I need to continue to deal with those. And I would tell you more about that, but I just don't trust you. So <laughs> I've learned how easy it is to overlook my family for the sake of ministry. And I've not necessarily learned this next one, but really just it's been reinforced because it's something I feel like I always knew, but you guys have helped solidify it for me. It's this statement right here. I've learned that people don't want to follow a leader who's always right. They'd rather follow a leader who's always real. And we've tried to be that, folks. Last spring, uh, I got up one Sunday morning. I had to preach that morning. And I didn't sleep at all the night before. I had been up all night, and I don't talk about this a whole lot, but I've got some neck issues and some pain. I've had a neck surgery before, and every now and then it gets kind of locked up on me. And that night was a tough night, and I didn't sleep at all. And I got up that morning, and I put on a, put on a hooded sweatshirt, and came in and attempted to deliver what I thought was going to be a mediocre message. And I'm just being honest with you this morning. I just wanted to get through the morning. And so I got up here, and maybe some of you remember that message. The one thing out of that particular sermon was this statement right here. Messy church is what you get when people stop pretending. And what I thought was going to be a mediocre message has now become our most viewed sermon online in two years of ministry. Why do I share that with you? First, because I want to remind you, just like God needed to remind me, that He can still use us in powerful ways even when we're not our best. Even when you don't feel up for it, even when you don't necessarily feel worthy, God can still use you in powerful ways. Maybe you came here this morning, you walked through those doors, you were invited, you saw something on Facebook, maybe you got a flyer, and you're still wondering why you're here today. Maybe that's what you're here for. You needed to hear that. Even when you're not at your best. Even when you don't feel up to the task, even when you might not even feel worthy, God can still use you in powerful ways. Second reason I tell you that is I had no idea, I really didn't, I had no idea that this sermon was going to resonate with so many people. And God used that to remind me of how important it is that we do create a culture here at Trace where people don't feel like they need to pretend, excuse me, need to pretend and from that, we kind of solidified a statement here that we make all the time now. Friends, you can't hide and heal at the same time. And so if you're looking for a place where you can come out of hiding, we've worked really hard in the last two years to make this place that for you. 
And so if you want to come out of hiding today, we welcome that. The third reason why I tell you that is it, rem- it showed me that we are having so many more people than I ever could have imagined view and tune in via the internet. People watching our sermons online on YouTube or on Facebook. And it reminded me that we have the ability to reach people with the gospel through technology. Just a couple weeks ago, I got a message from a young man who was ready to take his own life, and somehow he got connected. He lives in another state. Somehow he got connected and started watching our sermons online, and he decided to give God another chance. Just this past week, I sat down with a gentleman. He said he wanted to meet with me. I sat down, and I got to hear his story, and I knew a little bit about him, and I knew he had gotten aware. He became aware of Trace through watching our sermons online. He's a soldier here in the Springs, and he had been deployed to Afghanistan, and he was watching our sermons all the way over in Afghanistan. Here's what you need to know about his story. He was ready to give up on the church. When he was little, he was, you know, raised in a Christian family, and so a big part of their routine was going to church. But unfortunately, there were two people who represented leaders in the church who molested him. Later in life, he was still continuing to try to give the church another chance. But another leader representing a church came on to him and hit on him, and he's like, I'm done. I'm done with the church. Friends, even though we have a tendency at times to give up on the church, even though we have a tendency to give up on God, it doesn't mean that God will ever give up on us. When Jesus walked out of that tomb and he defeated death about 2,000 years ago, he paved a path that assured each and every one of us that this would always be available. Always be available, even in your darkest moments. You know what the coolest part of that gentleman's story is? He's now attending here at Trace, and he's serving back in the camera area, operating the cameras in the switcher, the very avenue that he found hope. Once again, don't look back there. He's not even back there this morning, so you don't have to do that. Let me switch gears for a second. Last year on this particular website, it's a website that I use a lot if you're ever looking to get some historical context for your, your own personal Bible study, I would encourage you to go there. It's called BibleStudyTools.com. And something that I found out in the last couple of weeks really interesting is they put out a list of the 25 most searched for, most visited verses on their website. Now that tells me a couple things. That tells me, number one, there are people that are looking for the same thing. You know there's a statement that we make around here often And it goes like this, most of us are like the rest of us. And in this, that tells me, man, there are a lot of people, specifically Americans, that are pursuing things that are leading them to the same place. Oftentimes, I think they're looking to hear from God's Word on the subject of hope. I want to read one of those 25 verses to you this morning. It's Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. Jesus says this, Come to me. Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you, you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know why I think this verse is so popular? Do you know why I think that we like when Jesus says stuff like this? It's because it brings us back to this. brings us back to this. But there's something else that I think gives this particular verse a lasting appeal. And it's a word that's mentioned twice. I don't know if you caught it. It's a word that's mentioned twice in this passage, and it's this word right here, rest. 
we just got out of a series where we talked about the steps that we need to take in life and how we're all on a journey. But I'm not talking about that journey right now. One of the things I want to talk about right now is what's happening on your interior journey. If you spend any amount of time with me, at some point I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. Many of you have heard me ask you this question. How's your soul? How's your soul? Is it finding rest? Because if most of us are like the rest of us, and the average American is searching out verses like this, that tells me that the majority of us have walked through those doors this morning wanting these two things. I do. And Jesus made it abundantly clear, if this is what you're searching, if this is what you need right now in your life, it begins with this invitation. Come to me. Stop looking everywhere else to find purpose and meaning. Come to me. This last season here at Trace has been rough for many of us on staff for several different reasons. And I would go as far as to say out of the 13 years that I've been in full-time ministry, the last three months have been the roughest. I needed to probably hear this message of hope more than I needed to preach it. But in the midst of a storm, in the midst of your storm, in the midst of my storm, God continues to teach me that there's opportunity there. There's opportunity there for him to have access to our lives, unlike he had before that storm actually came into our lives. And so when it comes to your own heavy burdens, when it comes to your own personal weariness, when it comes to whatever storm that you may find yourself in today, you can do a couple things. It's your choice. You can blame God and you can walk away from God. And many people do that. Or, everybody say or. Or you can walk towards him. Because this is his invitation. It's always his invitation. It's always an open invitation. You see, this invitation means hope is always alive. It's always available. But you do have to move towards it. And because that's your choice, you also need to know this morning that there are enemies. There's an adversary. The devil wants to come in between you and hope in every way that he can. He wants to convince you that all hope is lost. And maybe you've been there before. Maybe you've uttered these words before. Out of all the lies that we tell in this life, the most damaging one is the lie that we tell to ourselves at some point that all hope is lost. Because, friends, I'm here to tell you this morning that hope is never lost. Hope is never lost. As long as that grave is empty and as long, long as that invitation exists to come to Him, hope is always alive. But there are some enemies of hope. And I wish I could go into great lengths here to tell you about some of these enemies, but here's what I want to do. I want to give you three enemies of hope that I think we all need to be aware of and the first one I want to talk about is this right here, a false identity. Friends, we are trying to find our identity and purpose in so many things today other than God. In our work, in sexuality, in our political position, in our kids, and the list goes on and on and on. The Bible calls these things idols, but I would also go as far as to say they are enemies of hope. They are standing in between you and God's best version of you. And my encouragement to you this morning is to stop stop looking, start, stop searching for hope. Stop searching 
for purpose and meaning in anything other than God, or at least begin with God. Not that these other things are bad, because they're not bad. Second thing I want to talk to you about is comparison. Now, if you were here a few months ago, you know I did an entire message called The Comparison Trap. And if you wanted to you know, hear more details about that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that message. But right now, there's just one statement that I want to make on this particular enemy, and it's this. When who you are depends on what someone else says or does, that's a path towards despair. And we all know that despair is an enemy of hope. Friends, if who you are depends on what someone else does or says, it's going to be a path towards despair. So let me encourage you this morning. Just be the best version of you. Friends, one of the most beautiful things about God's creation is that each and every one of you in here are completely unique. Not one of us is completely the same as someone else. And so just be the best version of you. But I have to say in the same breath, you can't be the best version of you if that doesn't begin with your identity being in Jesus. The third enemy of hope that I want to make you aware of this morning is this right here. Unhealthy expectations. Can we all agree that things rarely work out the way that we plan? Can we all agree to that this morning? That pregnancy, it never happened. The prodigal child didn't come home. He doesn't or she doesn't break it off with that other person. The cancer did come back. The treatment didn't help. <clears throat> the new job didn't come through. The Broncos won't be any better this year. <laughs> what is it for you? What was it for you? You prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, but nothing. And maybe you got to the point where you said, you know what? I'm done. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. In the midst of that moment, just come to me. Come to me. Friends, hope is what we cling to when life doesn't make sense. Hope is what carries us through the storm. Hope is what reminds us that our current circumstances do not have to dictate our future. Hope, my friends, is never, ever lost. Can I get an amen this morning? So if you have lost hope, if that's where you're at, let's just deal with your current reality. If you have lost hope, how do you find your way back to it? Out of 13 years of being in ministry and a lot more years of just following Jesus, here's what I would tell you about my own personal life and my observations of what's happened in the lives of others. The only way to find your way back to hope when life is at its darkest point is through the light. And even though Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the one true light, and his invitation is always this, come to me. He also points to us. Don't miss this. He points to us. In Matthew chapter 5, we hear him say this, You, Trace Church, you, you're the light of the world. You are the destination of hope. You're the one that's going to help people find their way back to me again. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Why would we try to hide hope? Instead, they put it on its stand and give its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Friends, I really do believe that the local church is the hope of the world, but only when it represents the one true light. And I believe our greatest calling 
as Trace Church, I believe our biggest calling is to help people find their way back to hope, even in their darkest moments. We call those traces of God's love around here. It's a part of our logo. You see that little dash. Friends, when we're being the church, when we are being the light of the world, we are giving people a path to to make their way back to Jesus, to know that there's still hope that exists. And we do this by leaving traces of God's love everywhere that we go. That's our mission here at Trace. And next week, we're going to start taking this more seriously. Although we've done incredible things as a church, and I don't want to diminish any of those, I believe we're just getting started. And it begins with taking our mission statement here, our on-mission statement, that we're going to leave a trace of God's love everywhere we go. We've got to start taking that more seriously because, friends, it's those traces that will lead people back to Jesus. It's those traces that will lead people back to hope. And so one of the things that we're going to do next week is we're going to visit the word love, the kind of love that never fails, the four-letter word that defines Jesus himself. Without Jesus, without God, there is no love. And we're going to talk about how, as a church, we can continue to live in such a way that leaves traces all over this city and ultimately will remind people that even in your darkest moment, come to him. Now to him, who's able to do immeasurably more than what we could ever ask or imagine. Friends, I believe next week is going to be a defining moment for us as a church. I really do. I'm not just saying that. And maybe next week will be a church service unlike you've ever experienced a church service. Next week is a week you don't want to miss. But before we get to love, we have to start with hope. And his name is Jesus. If you've yet to make that decision to ever come to him, to accept that invitation that always exists. I want to give you that invitation this morning, that open invitation to come to him. I'm going to lead us in a response time here in a few moments, and I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm just going to sit down here. If any of you want to come and talk about the hope of the world and what it looks like to come to Jesus because you've yet to make that decision, friends, that's where it begins. Everything that's accomplished that's worth anything in the last two years of being a church is because of him. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to transition into a time of response. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that no matter how dark life gets, there's always hope. No matter how much our life doesn't make sense, there's always hope. No matter how things are not going the way that we hope, the way that we plan, there's always hope. But not in all the things that we are searching for hope in, it only exists in your son Jesus. Father, would you show us how to continue to make our way back to him no matter how far we've drifted? Some, of, some people in this room may need to make that decision for the first time this morning. God, they've never decided to hand their life over to your son Christ and accept what he did for them on the cross. Others have just drifted. Others have just found themselves putting, their, <laughs> putting hope in the wrong things. And so God, I pray that you help us to be drawn back to you because everything begins with hope in Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.